Awesome date. August 31st, 2009. Oh, nice podcast you got here, Basil. Be a shame if something happened to it. Awesome topic. Web comics. Oh, that was frighteningly on topic. This is the awesome cast. Or... Is it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that it is. Oh, okay, it is. It's the awesome cast. Let's roll. So, welcome back to the Awesome Cast, your podcast for everything awesome. I'm Basil. I'm Lee, returning again. Uh, I'm Suze. I was on once before, and apparently I'm back. Apparently. That, that, that's right. They ran out of awesome people, so they had me. Hey, don't, don't put yourself down. Why not? Okay. Look, just because the list of awesome people that I know is unfortunately horribly vast and expansive. So, you know, there's actually people below Sue's that I could run to for help. Professor Barry? Well, there's, there is the good Dr. Barry. There is... He's evil, not good. There is Kevin's alternate personality. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Wait, wait, wait. Let me guess. Is that, uh... We don't Stephon? T- we, we don't talk about Kevin's alternate personality. Oh, bad just Stephon. did. Well, well, no. Anyways, moving on. This is the Awesome Cast. We talk about things that are usually pretty awesome. And sometimes not. We try our best, though. But it's usually pretty awesome. Um, basics, awesomecast at gmail.com is our email address. I was actually going to go for the web address, but that's awesomecast.com. But if you want to send us an email, awesomecast.gmail.com. Good times. Good times roll. Um, we are doing a, we're finishing up our contest where you could send us book suggestions for um, things that we could read, like novels and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, basics is give us a series or a couple of books that you think we might enjoy. Uh, like I said, preferably of the novel variety, but nonfiction can work too, depending on the title. Um, no Twilight. Way too much drama about the Twilight stuff. And, and I, Twilight is terrible. I was going to be, you know, nice about it, but well, you're right. Well, I'm going to be factual about it. Okay. I'm going to be Edward Cullen as a stalker about it. Well, now, we, now we've got all of the range of opinions, so moving on. It's true. Um, and no Laurel K. Hamilton after book four or five. Gotcha. Because that's where it gets kind of creepy kind of porny again I was trying to she's just doing her job be, be subtle 
My job is to ruin the awesome cast here, so yeah. So, alright, well, that's that's cool. That's why we have you on the show. Yes. So, there's that. Um, we also do have our horribly deformed sack boy heads, which you can win by calling us at the awesome line, the brand new awesome line, 209 awesome line. O-S-M-L-I-N-E. Insert joke about Douglas giving you head. It's like required or something, right? I think so. I think it's in the charter. Yeah. The awesome charter for only the awesomest organizations can have that charter. Yes. And something about head. That's right. It's in the charter. It is in the charter. So, um, other news. We will be at Dragon... Well, some of us will be at Dragon Con this year. And a different set of us will be at AWA this year. They'll all include Basil, though, so you can meet our fearless leader. And you'll just have to guess which is which. Now, I'm usually pretty obvious on who I am. Well, yeah. I would like to think that they would know me by the sound of my voice. Well, in person, you sound like... Instead of raw. Yeah, this is his radio voice. Yeah, in real life, he sounds much more like a Muppet. Okay, just kidding. It's true. Okay, I guess it is. I can't help it. It's it's. It's not easy being green. It really it isn't, which is why I had my um, pigment orientation changed. Okay, so yeah, cons, awesome cast, they go together, kind of like things that go together. It's true. It's kind of like peanut butter, and a different brand of peanut butter. Mm Mm-hmm. No, those don't go together very well. Well, it depends on the brand of peanut butter. I mean... And if one is crunchy and the other smooth. Well, then you don't get quite as many crunchies. But if we do two different brands of crunchy, then it's really, really crunchy. What if one of the brands has chocolate chips in it? They make those? They should. Man, that's what I want in my, like, freaking... Sandwiches. Sandwiches, like... So, yeah, if uh, Jif or Peter Pan or something is listening... There you go. Chocolate chips and the peanut butters. You've got two customers. Yeah, that's right. And I can eat a lot of peanut butter. As long as they have chocolate chocolate chips in them. Ooh, Reese's peanut butter cup peanut butter. Wait, that's going too far. I think they have that already. Ooh, that's almost as good. But other things that are good is the world of awesome. So it's coming up to the holidays and so we're now getting our apparently now yearly console price drops the first one was the most you know totally kept secret in the world the PS3 Slim now uglier than the PS3 ooh quite a feat well it was really funny as it turns out the design of it is many months ago right before um, E3 there were leaked I think Singaporean photos of what was to be the Slim PS3, mm-hmm. and everyone's like, this looks so cheap and crappy, this couldn't possibly be real. Mm. This turned out to be real. Wow. So, well, it still it looks like a slimmer George Foreman grill. Like, instead of buying the Primo $200 one, you're buying the crappy, but still George Foreman looking grill at $100. If only the, those prices were actually relevant for the PS3. It's true, but it's still it's three hundred now, and the best best thing was they dropped all the other uh, models to 
300 so if you're needing a PS3, now is the time to buy. Wow. Is the uh, Slim, is there any advantage to the Slim over the old models? No. Huh. It has a 128 card drive, but doesn't play PS2 games or anything. Man, but they stopped doing the ones that play PS2 games a while ago. They have. That is disappointing. Now, admittedly, you now can go to GameStop and find, like, at least the 80 gigs are backwards compatible. Decently easy, and they're now, like, 280. Wow. So, they're a used system. They will play most PS2 games. Well. So, it's, you know, that's honestly the the biggest benefit is now you can buy used way cheaper than you could buy the used previously. Man, one of these days i got to get me my hands on one of them PS3 so I can play Infamous and all that other stuff. It's true, and and by the um, by the time probably that people are listening to this, mm-hmm. the um, 360 Elites have dropped to 300 as well. Whoa. But to match the features of the PS3, they've stripped out the HDMI cable and possibly also the component cable. So you now have to buy those. Right. Which you have to buy with the PS3 anyways. Because mm-hmm. it only comes with standard audio cables and video cable. Well. Uh, we finally now found out what the actual um, Gundam Unicorn is going to be. Awesome. It's going to be six 50-minute OAVs. Awesome again. And were Kevin here, he'd probably say a lot more about it. Mm-hmm. He'd probably squeal. Like, you know, unless it's his alternate personality. Then he would hit me, and it wouldn't be pleasant. It's true. His alternate personality is a dick. Re- really is, like, and do not try to talk about Kung Fu. Only bad things happen. Yeah. Shout out to Kevin. If Kevin, if you're listening to this and you're not your alternate personality, then, hey there, how's it going? It's going pretty good, yeah. Nobody listens to this. I do. Actually, we... No, you don't. Yes, I do. I listen to it, except Stop lying. I I did miss the uh, Gundam Double O just because I haven't finished the series myself, but... That's probably good, because we... Spoiled the hell out of it. We spoiled the hell out of that, that series. Speaking of thing, anime makes up 50% of Blu-ray sales in Japan for 2009's first half. This would make sense since most early adopters for things like this are geeks, and so they're going to buy their they're going to buy their anime their anime on the on the Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. They're still making Tales of Symphony anime. Uh, surprise me. Their last you know thing of one of the arcs was in 2007. It's now going to be 2010. Possibly have a whole brand new staff and everything. So how many episodes are out now? I don't remember anymore. Ah. Let's see. Monster um, is going to be on Sci-Fi Anime Mondays, which is uh, Nikoi uh, Urasawa's awesome, awesome epic. Yes, it's quite good. I, I say having not even read it. But I plan to because everything by Urasawa is good, y'all. You should check out Pluto as well. He wrote that, didn't he? Yeah. He wrote Pluto, and also it's coming out right now through the Vincent Trine is 20th Century Boys, which is also great. I've heard good things about that as well. Let's see. Miyazaki's Ponyo opened up for uh, number nine of the box office for 3.6 million, which makes it already the eighth highest-grossing theatrical anime run. It beats out things like Above Princess Mononoke, Pokemon Forever, and Ghost in the Shell to Innocence. 
Well, if it beats out all those, then what are the other seven, I wonder? Well, you also got stuff like Spirited Away. Oh, yeah. And Howl's Moving Castle. So, and probably like, the first Pokemon movie. And Akira? No, I, maybe not Akira. Akira would be more of a, 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 a film festival success. Than a, well, I'm pretty sure that back when Akira was around, like it wasn't Neo. It didn't get the big studio runs. Like, Pony was getting the largest studio run they've done for a Miyazaki film. Well, I noticed because we actually got it here in our town, which normally had to drive to Atlanta to get that sort of thing. So I was... Or if we do get it, it's usually in the um, the really, really crappy theater by yeah. Madison Square. Yeah, that is what is that, Carmike or Madison's? Mm-hmm. Carmike. Well, no, it's not Carmike Mike. anymore. But not that anybody listening gives a shit, so. Yeah. But I was I was you really. You shit givers. And apparently, um, Comicit drew 56. 560,000. That's, that's the number that they, they drew. Over three days, which was totally up from their, which is ten thousand more than they got last year. So hey, it's the numbers are moving up, but don't think they're quite so extravagant because they count each day individually. So if you went all three days, you were counted three times. So you're three people if you attended three days. Whoa. Yeah. So who knows how large this actually was? They know that the first day had you know one. Eight zero comma zero 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 amounts. As to the second, and on Sunday they had two hundred thousand. So, doing well for themselves. So hey, Conquit, you know, pumping out that doujinshi that all the kids in the world enjoy. Yes, I gotta get me some more of that. Which you can at Eighty Boy, which will be it. Yep. Actually, it's pressed this time. That's kind of exciting. Yes. And Emma Gawa is going to be there. Oh, God, that's, yes. that's what's important, is that the man who brought us things like Giant Robo and G Gundam and Bartender. This podcast is glows with a, a, yeah, Mazinger, the new Mazinger Z? Yeah. Yes, awesome. Like, in honor of this, I'm tracking down the box sets for G Gundam. Oh, I'd like to uh, marathon that. Me too, once I get it. I got the second season, or the second set in today. And I'm waiting for them to get more copies into the first season. Or first box. Soon I will be able to revel in the Master Asia meme like everyone... No, I won't, but... Soon y'all will all be nerds. Oh, wait. It already happened. That happened, like, like centuries ago. Or, wait, I haven't been alive that long. But it's happened before. So, anyways, I guess we'll now move on to the moment of awesome... Doesn't Kevin normally sing this song for us? Yes, because James has yet to actually get it. It's the moment of awesome. He doesn't have any sleep, so he can be silly. You can be silly anyway, dude. Well, yeah, but I'm, it's more like... You usually I'm, are silly. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm more fueled to be silly when I haven't had sleep. It's like, I silly is all I am. This moment of awesome is brought to you by lack of sleep. Because sometimes you really want to sleep. But, but you're you not can't. gonna. You really have to stay up and watch. So what are you watching or playing or whatever, what have you? Well, I have been. It's not exactly new by any standards. It's been out quite a while. But the um, re-release of Final Fantasy Tactics, one of my favorite games of all time, for the PSP, with an actual correct translation this time, because anyone who's played knows that. 
it was pretty Englishy, and with such a complex story, it's nice that we can now uh, have it in the correct translation, and they all, and they spoof up the language so it matches like Final Fantasy XII's, where everything's real. I don't know how, how do you want to, how would you describe that language in real refined? Sort of like I don't want to say old English. Yeah, it's not like, quite old English, but it's it's almost a. It's almost Arthurian. Yes, it's almost Arthurian, but it, it's it's very neat to you know hear the dialogue and my and my only complaint is and I think this is due to just total laziness and tactics. Every now and then, when you chant a spell or use a move, there's a little quote that'll pop up that is a little chant for it, no matter what it is, and. In the English version and Japanese version of the PSP, it had it. Of course, the English version had really messed up stuff like, Life is short, bury, steady sword, which makes no sense. And so I've always wanted to know, what the fuck did that really mean? And so when they remade this in Japanese, they kept those spell quotes. But in English, and I don't know if they just said, fuck it, we don't have time to translate all this yet. They did not put the spell quotes back, and instead it skips them all the time. So I will never know what life is short, bury, steady sword is supposed to mean. And that will forever be a hole in my soul. A very, very tiny one. I mean, I don't think you can get a pen through there, but it's there. It's really there. Soul cavities are serious business, kids. Yes. But it's, it's, it's a really, overall, is a wonderful, you know, transition of the, um, or re, redone nation remake not really port with benefits yes it's a port with benefits and you get the whole widescreen thing going and the, the oh there are, i have also one other complaint you know the uh some of the animations are slower than they were but i think that's pretty much mandatory when you're porting something like that i think it's one of those things where you know the original one was designed with the ps1 hardware mm-hmm. in mind and i guess the psp's hardware is actually very similar, but still slightly different, and probably just different enough that it's the porting of the engine, mm-hmm. since it's the same, probably has introduced like the chugging and stuff. Well, I hear that the U.S. version, actually, they fixed where it's a little bit faster than the Japanese version. Yeah. I mean, I, I would probably be pained to play the Japanese, because some of those animations can drag a little bit. But they also had those like CG cutscenes. Oh, the CG cutscenes are still are in the beautiful. same style, uh, same style, the same noseless style. And it will be interesting because they're actually the guys who made those cutscenes are actually making the cutscenes for the remake of Persona. Whoa, that's coming out oh, in speaking. September for the PSP. Oh, speaking of, and this isn't quite a moment of awesome, but did you hear that they're remaking PS the Persona Three for the? Uh... I have a portable where you can play. Both as male or female. I'm really hoping as a main character with Dude Elizabeth. Yes, with Dude Elizabeth. Who's? And we're and people are we're not quite sure if as a girl you'll be able to talk to the girls or the guys. I'm hoping you can do both because we know well we know that the guys are going to have their own social links now mm-hmm. that you can raise. So we know that means you can talk to both of them as both now or just as one or the other or what. But mm. they are adding a lot more to it. I'm looking forward to it, but uh, I seem to be able to play Persona 3 over and over again. But that is my moment of awesome. Badoom chink. Oh, is it my turn now? Yes. Well, let's see. First of all, um, I can touch my nose with my tongue. That's pretty awesome. Uh, second of all, I read things on the internet, like comics. And there's a couple that I think more people need to read because they are pretty, as you say, awesome. 
Should we wait till the actual segment on... Well, no, I'm not talking about web comics. I'm just talking about comics on the internet. Oh, my bad. Yeah, there, there's a difference. You see, these were actually made as comics in Japan, and then people scan them and translate them. It's called scanlating. I know this is a thing that probably all of you listeners have never heard about, ever. But, yeah. Uh, number one, it's a thing called Ludwig Kakume. That's L-U-D-W-I-G, Kakume. I'm going to assume you weeaboos can figure that one out on your own. Ouch. I was called a weeaboo. Hehe. <laughs> um, that one's by Kaori Yuki, or Yuki Kaori. I really don't know what the proper order is here. But y- y'all will know her from Angel Sanctuary and probably some other stuff. And pretty much, if you know who it is, you know what to expect. She and- looked at the Grimm's Fairy Tales and said... You know what, y'all? These aren't fucked up enough. And then she made Mbanga. And it is thoroughly enjoyable, as is all of her stuff. And the second one is called Letter Bees, or Tegami Bachi. And it's very difficult to describe, but it's very cool. It's a fantasy set thing following people who deliver letters for people. You'd think this would be the most boring ever, but it's really action-packed and exciting and awesome. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Well, then I'll follow that up with, I don't... Have you ever talked about Bakuman on the podcast ever? I don't know, but you should. It's by the guys who made Death Note, but instead of it... uh, But it's about guys who are... Two guys who are writing and drawing a manga to get serialized in Shonen Jump. I think you may have mentioned it on the podcast before, but... okay. Well, it's still great and still awesome, and still so totally meta. Because it like references all the authors. Well, they're doing a thing where like they open back up in this issue with color pages, mm-hmm. and the big thing is is that the mon- the manga that they're writing is coming back in Shonen Jump with color pages. Whoa, that is totally meta. So like it, it's it's really really neat. It's a very interesting look into how Shonen Jump actually works. Because it instructs as much as it, you know, does its crazy cliffhangers and stuff. It's really amazing how they can take two guys writing a manga and still come up with crazy cliffhangers. But they do. Mm-hmm. And it's really, really good stuff. I've been playing Shadow Complex, which is by the new Xbox Live Arcade game from Chair. Um, and it did Undertow. It's really, really, really good. It's like Metroid plus, what was the other one? It's sort of it's well, the common root for term is Metroidvania. Yeah, but wasn't there another game that it had a lot of elements from as well, um, like Mega Man X, sort of or uh, sort of. I mean, you collect pieces of your power armor mm-hmm. as you wander through the complex, but it's no different than Samus really upgrading her current armor. Mm-hmm. So it's just that you didn't you haven't had the armor to begin with, and as you you know you you go through it, you gain pieces of said armor. But it's really neat. It actually has some um, little bit of twin stick action to it. Because you actually use the right twin stick to aim. But there's a crap ton of auto assist. Mm-hmm. So even if you know, you're know you not very good at the actual aiming of things... That would be me. You could still play the game just fine. Mm. Like, as long as you sort of point it in the general direction, he's usually pretty good at, you know, blasting things away. And uh, maybe I got the wrong impression, but does this game have sort of a humorous outtake at all? Or is it... 
I, mean, no, I must be thinking of something else, actually. Well, occasionally, like, as you're you're sneaking through, like, the ducks and whatnot, mm-hmm. you'll overhear, like, the soldiers talking. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they're talking about the plot of whatever. Mm-hmm. But, um, also, they'll do things like, Haha, this is just one guy. I mean, we're an entire army. There's no way that he could possibly get through all of us. <laughs> or other times they'll go, man, this is just one guy. We're just two guys. And he's killed way more of us. We're going to die. We're just some grunts. <laughs> I mean, it, it, you know, as time goes on, so. Well, I'm looking forward to playing that. I'm going to download that and play the hell out of it. Like, I won't say anymore simply because, you know, hopefully we'll do an actual awesome cast on the game, so. Right. And that's that's pretty much all I got. So I guess we shall. Like before, do we want to move on? Do we want to plug y'all's web comics? So now y'all both do. Yeah, the web I, I guess we thing. should uh, present our credentials here. Uh, you go first. Okay, I do a comic called Hazard's Wake, and uh, I've been doing it for about six years now. It is my uh, way to try to teach myself drawing and writing. And both of them, especially the drawing, started out pretty shitty, as you'll see if you look at the early pages. But it's pretty much a journey for me, so to learn this stuff and get better. So it's got the whole, um, I happen to be a huge weeaboo, unfortunately, so it's got a lot of (laughs) anime-inspired art. But it's pretty much a send-up of old console RPGs, and I'm not going to say too much more. You should check it out for yourself if you want to. If Basil's kind enough, maybe there'll be a link on the, uh... Probably. <laughs> the URL is hazardswake.comicgen.com. That's Comic Genesis for those of y'all who are into that sort of thing. And, you know, yeah, I'm a Comic Jenner. I'm just... I'm. Thank you, Comic Genesis, for allowing... Blah, 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 fuck that. I'm done with that. Okay. Uh, uh I'm Suze, as I introduced myself to her. Uh... I actually went to college and got a bachelor's degree in this stuff. Not, Impressive. Well, not specifically web comics, but comicking in general. Sequential all, art. Yeah, it's all fancy stuff, the sequential art, but it's comics. So I'm even more useless than an English major, but damn, I can talk about comics. Uh, I do a comic called Reliquary. That's R-E-L-I-Q-U-A-R-Y. It is also on Comic Genesis because I'm a cheapskate and can't be buggered to get my own server. And, yeah, hopefully y'all will come check it out. It's very nice. It's got a lot of potential going. I I hope so. Anyhow. I enjoy it. Yeah, so now let's get to the interesting stuff, which is actually talking about webcomics. Drive away, but you know, but 
So, Suze, what is a webcomic? A webcomic is a comic on the internet that was specifically created to be put on the internet. Thus, it has a different format than normal comics, well, sometimes. Yeah, there, there basically is, I can tell, two categories of webcomics. There's the comics that people made specifically to put on the internet, and the comics that people made that they're distributing on the internet because it's a lot easier to get your niche audiences than if you try to pass out photocopied zines or go up to a publisher and say, please publish my comic. Because publishers are jerks that, you know, don't want to throw their money after something that may suck. Jerks. And as you may have noticed, co- uh, web comics are huge and everywhere, and there are millions of them out there, because any John Q. Schmuck or Jane Q. Schmuckeria can put that out his or her own webcomic, and it can be not very good, or very good, who knows. Yeah, it's pretty much like any other internet publishing. If you let the public do something, most of what you're going to get is crap, because... Uh, most everybody doesn't know crap. But you also get the opportunity for some fairly nice stuff that wouldn't normally be publishable or considered publishable by other means. So it's it's a crapshoot, but sometimes you get a really good jackpot. Mm-hmm. It does really seem to be the best place for, like, you know, the independent scene to happen mm-hmm. simply because the barrier to entry is so easy to break through. It's like, you wouldn't get a comic about two dudes playing video games and I guess doing wacky hijinks or whatever. You wouldn't normally get that published and put up in Barnes & Noble, but if you put it on the internet first, and you also happen to be extremely good at writing and art, then you turn into Penny Arcade, which I think everybody is familiar with that success right now. Yes. I'm pretty, they're the biggest webcomic at Webcomicsville. Yeah, I mean, if you have your own con for making a webcomic, you're pretty well off. Yeah. And it is nice. Um, some, a very, very lucky tiny few can make money off of it, which is awesome. And there's about, like, 17 or 25 people who can actually make a living off their webcomic, which is phenomenal. I will probably never get there, but I can dream. Yeah. I think for us small-timers, the best we could hope for is for people to keep reading. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that also, you know, goes to the thing, where, what, you know, why are you doing this? Are you doing this for the, the mad cash money you're doing it? Because... You love the medium. You want people to check out your stuff. <laughs> yeah, I'm. You can't do any art thing for the mad cash. Although some people do for the almost as down, you know, glory and internet fame of people worshiping them. Yeah, but, you can't do that easier. For both of those, you're probably going to get better results of like showing your genitals. I don't know. You get a lot of hecklers that way too. Well, you get a lot of hecklers if you put anything on the internet. It's true. Five stars. But uh, webcomics, you know, also have a unique that they way that they update, which you know is anything from a week to a three weekly. Or some people are crazy enough to put something up every day, which is not me. I don't know if that's particularly unique, since there have always been serials such as 
Prince Valiant and Spider-Man and all them in the newspapers, and there's, to a lesser extent, magazine serials, so pretty much the web is just getting more things to more eyeballs. That's I mean, true. I mean, hell, there's even times where people will actually will, will upload, like, massive chunks at once, mm-hmm. and just do it, like, once a month, mm-hmm. instead yeah. of doling it out as, you know, one page a week or something. Yeah, which I, I think that if you're doing a long-form story comic as opposed to a gag-a-day or a gag-a-week comic, then updating in chunks is probably the best way to do it. That is not the way I do it because I am really crap at keeping up with responsibility. I actually have to slightly disagree with you there from a reader standpoint in that... It, well, it kind of makes your story framed different mm-hmm. if you update it like three times a week. But most readers on the internet will be much more likely to check back with you because people aren't very patient if you update often. This is true, however, with the advent of things like RSS feeds and, to a lesser extent, email service subscriptions. You can make sure that if you almost never update, such as some very good webcomics, uh, For the Wicked comes to mind immediately. That's a pretty nice comic that I've read for a while that updates slow as molasses, but it's usually worth it. But if you have something that's telling you that it updated, then you don't have to worry quite as much about the hits. That's true. But there is something that's like, you know, where it's a lot of people, they're, you know, they probably have their bookmarks or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if somebody doesn't update you know, in a while, it's much easier to forget yeah. that it exists as opposed to things that will do it like on a daily or weekly basis. This where is it's true. constantly, you know, it's keeping your attention because you're like, oh yeah, that update again, that's cool. Oh yeah, but whereas you do it once a month or once every even two months, as I've seen some do, like it's sound like, oh yeah, there was that thing, wasn't it? And suddenly you have those 30 pages and it's great, it you know, it feels much more like you're actually reading an actual, you know, book or whatnot. Because you're actually going from page to page, and mm-hmm. you've got a nice flow, but if you've forgotten about it and you just don't check back, you kind of, you know, you're not going to experience it anyways. Yeah, I think it just depends on the individual readers and their taste, ultimately. Mm-hmm. So, y'all are the important ones, we're just here trying to provide story, I guess. Without readers, the writer and artist has nothing. Well, it's true. It couldn't have it, some. Some people might do it for their own self fulfillment, which is cool. But most people would like their stuff to be read. So we're we're all attention whores. Yeah. Well, that's the internet is a is a den of attention whores. That's true. And we are among them. Well, yes, because we totally are talking to a microphone, so we can listen to it later. Going, oh yeah. That was us talking to a microphone. Man, I'm not going to listen to this later. I hate the sound of my voice. Anyway, I I guess we should talk about maybe some specific stuff, or I don't know. Yeah, okay. This would be the part where I would ask the audience for questions, except there's kind of an obvious uh, not going to happen there. I could pretend to be the audience. Yes. We're totally on an actual panel, so... Oh, 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 me in the back row! Oh, I have a question! Yes, yes, you in the back row. What is your question? Um... What do you look for in a gag-a-day strip? 
uh, being funny, pretty much. Uh, I, I admit I don't read a whole lot of gagadays. It's not my thing, although I think that's more people's things than not. Uh, there are a few that are pretty good, like Pictures for Sad Children, which is kind of depressing, but also hilarious once you get past that. Uh, Chainsaw Suit, that's by the guy who did Star Slip Crisis and is pretty consistently funny. Uh, I've got a list here, so y'all please forgive me for this. Nedroid! Nedroid! He does Beartato. Beartato! Beartato is the most delightful thing. I, I, I just found it recently, and oh my gosh, the timing on it, it's got this nonsensical humor. It is great. You guys gotta check it out. But okay. it's about a bear that's a potato bear. So, yeah. And his bird friend, Reginald. That those really don't have a whole lot in common. So, yeah. Just, just go through the list. That's okay. cool. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, I'm a bigger fan of long-form story, con- story uh, comics. Uh, let's see. We've got... Well, first of all, one that I really would like to talk about is called Kid Rad. It's Kid and then Rad with two Ds. It's over, but it's still available on the internet, and you can even download it so you can read it in the comfort of your own computer, not even connected to the internet. It's, sorry, it's totally one of the most interesting takes on, like, doing a webcomic online that I've ever seen. Yeah, it's... He's really someone who did stuff with the medium and made the medium work for him, which is very, very impressive. And he did a lot of things that you can't do in print print comics. comics. For example, he figured out ways to keep the bandwidth eating to a very bare minimum. And there's, of course, all the animations and occasional music samples that you just cannot get in print comics. I'd like to mention also that, you know, there's a lot of things called sprite comics where people rip sprites Mm -hmm. from their favorite video game and post humorous what's-nots, which rarely work, but there are a few very popular ones out there like 8-Bit Theater and... Uh, 8-Bit Theater. Bob and George? But anyways, this one at first glance may look like that, but all the graphics are his handmade and all the games are spoofs of other games, so... It's a great little uh, comic. Yeah, if you're a video game fan, then you're pretty much going to be in for a lot of cute in-jokes and stuff. But even without that, it has a, I think it has a fair amount of appeal for someone who's just kind of aware that video games exist. Because it has its own story and does interesting things. It's almost more like, you know, an animation than the comic sometimes. It's kind of a blend of both, really. Yeah, it's it's definitely got its comic elements, so. Uh, let's see. Like, it's... Sorry, I actually really, really like Kid Rat. I just, <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, it's... And I, I don't think we actually describe what it really is. It is... Usually, it's a multi-panel comic, but each of its comic usually has some sort of animation mm-hmm. in it. And you click through one at a time on their... Uh... In, his, in his viewer, and... You could probably nowadays do the same thing in Flash, but this was before actual Flash was really the mature medium which you can use to tell stories that it is now. This is before Flash was like super crazy expensive, hard to use, and barely no one did it. So this guy was actually creating actual like GIFs and built his own 
JavaScript viewer to, to do this all in. Mm-hmm. It's quite impressive. Like this man, like you know, he like he bent the medium over, you know, to suit his will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when before that, anybody was anyone was even thinking about doing anything like it before. Mm-hmm. It's a real shame that not enough more people don't know about it. And also impressively. It starts out as a gag a day, and it has kind of a slow pace, but it also manages to build up to an impressive story with actual character growth. So it's pretty much everything that anyone would want in a comic, unless you're just not into video games, in which case you're probably not into web comics. And yeah. I guess that's about it. So that that's kid rad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's the holy grail or some shit. I don't know. It's a neat little thing to check out. Regardless, you should check it out. Regardless. But yeah, mo- most web comics are less about playing with the medium and more about just publishing on the web. Although I suppose there are some meta style comics. I guess I should say most web comics I read, which, as we can all tell, is the one that matters because I'm the one with the alphabet soup after my name. You have an alphabet soup after your name? Yeah. That's what college does for you. Whoa. I just had the beef stroganoff after my name. Uh, it's not impressive, I guess. Not really. Um, and of course, as we mentioned before, Penny Arcade is the big one. There have been numerous, numerous, numerous two guys that are gamers make humorous comments and stuff. To the point that it's its own genre, two guys and a couch. Yeah. And occasionally a girl who's a stand-in for your mom. Or or your girlfriend or both. Well, she's your mom and your girlfriend because that's the only role a girl has. But um, that aside, I don't know if Penny Arcade was the first, probably not. She could be also like your sister. I don't want to think about you dating your sister, Basil. I don't even have a sister. That's why I don't want to think about you dating her. But Penny Arcade is the king of them because, well, it's the most popular. And because it's good. It's good. Like, Penny Arcade is pretty much generally decent. Like, it's and not great hilarious. all the time. but It often cracks me the hell up a lot. Even though some of the humor, if you're not watching the, uh, if you don't have your pulse on the news media out there, you won't get some of it. But for the most part, there's a lot of great stuff in there. The Trapeter Cadence, it's always at least good. Yeah. Sometimes it's, it's genius. Sometimes it's just pretty darn good. But normally, even like the bad comics are usually pretty good. You can glean at least a grin off of them or something. Like just my, you know, Tycho and Gabe. They Tycho's got a, his his a really good way with words, and Gabe's got a really neat art style that he can is both. Draw the pictures. Well, he can. He's he's evolved. He's evolved in such a way that like you know it's it's pretty universally liked. It's also pretty universally unique too, as far as I can tell. Like well, it's it's got a very um it's very similar to like things like Kim Possible. Like he's actually cited as one of his major influences. Well, I did not know that. Uh, but it's it's somewhere between like you know, like an animated cartoon versus like possibly anime or whatnot. But it's so much his style. Mm-hmm. But it's universal enough that anyone get into it. And he also happens to be pretty good with the actual nuts and bolts of doing art. And yeah. you can tell if you look at his stuff, he generally knows what he's doing. 
mm-hmm. which is far better than I think the vast majority of web comics, but let's, or not web comics. But let's not discount the effect of the great writing as well. That uh, oh, absolutely. Like it's it's one of the few cases where like you know, this both both halves are both really good. It's a dream team. Yes, we salute you, sirs. Okay, moving on. Uh, I don't know. What should we talk about next? We could do... Gunnery Court. Oh, yeah. Let's do that one. Gunner Creek Court. Oh, pronounced correctly by Suze. Yeah. Um, I've actually had to stop reading this one because it felt like it was influencing Reliquary a bit too much, what with both being school settings, both being fantasy stuff, and both having 12-year-old girl protagonists. Although Gunner Creek Court is... A lot more imaginative than my stuff. It's pretty surreal, actually. <laughs> yeah, and very beautifully done. It's uh, it's got pretty much what would you call this academy surrounded by a forest, and the mechanic. Mm-hmm. The academy is sort of what would you call it? Some sort of industrial-ish feel to it, maybe. Slightly. It's a your typical English boarding school kind of thing, only with robots and magic powers and uh yeah so but, really not very much like english boarding schools at all but it's it's pretty crazy and uh it does interesting things with what you think are ordinary you know ideas and it, it it's pretty awesome it's also interesting because he takes a lot of cues from mythology but twists stuff up to serve his own purposes as well so you don't get the same old recycled, oh, it's this, it's this, you know, mythological figure. I bet they're going to act like this way. Pretty much, it's pretty good. Yeah. Okay, so moving on. Next on our list, we have Octopus Pie. That's one of mine. I'm not sure if anybody else here reads it, so I'll try to keep it short. This one is a slice of life. Kind of storyline, kind of gag day Two girls in New York, daily life stuff, very funny, very nice art style, has occasionally done pretty great stuff with the medium using animated GIFs and at least once a Flash thing, I believe. And, yeah, the end. Awesome. Next, I want to talk about Anders Loves Maria. Oh, yeah. Anders Loves Maria is, uh... Pretty crazy. It's it starts out looking like a kind of romance slice of life thing, and then turns into romance slice of life crack. Yes, it is insane. It's and a soap opera. It's a soap opera, and keep a scorecard of how many people Anders has sex with. Yeah, that might be a little bit of a spoiler, and I apologize, but everybody wants Anders, and. Yeah, but it's uh, it's it's pretty much a roller coaster ride of soap opera ish like, and the art's very unique. I could say, what would you call it? How would you describe the art? Uh, the art's nice, simple, very streamlined. Has excellent movement, and pretty much communicates what it needs to. Despite being very simple and cartoony, it manages to have each character look distinct. You never have a problem with telling people apart and it 
conveys what it's trying to with a fairly high uh, accuracy. There are a few ambiguities here and there, but it's very readable. And I think the big strength of Anders Loves Maria is actually in the character drama. Mm-hmm. If, if you're into reading stuff about characters and I guess all that girly stuff, as some people might call it, then this you is definitely them. one for you. You take them back. But also a warning, it does have uh, nudity and mature themes. Oh yeah, this is not something to read at work. Yes, and uh, you get to see people in that same simplistic art style naked a lot. So And not... having sex a lot. Yeah, especially later. It's not so bad in the beginning, but that's Anders Loves Maria. Yeah. Uh, here's one girly which is by Josh Lesnick, who some of you may know from the Wendy comics. Cute Wendy? Cute Wendy, and a project that happened before that that has now been removed from the internet. And, yeah, Girly is just wacky hijinks personified. Uh, That's pretty much all you can say about it, other than also it has lesbians, so that's a draw for some people. Doesn't it have a girl that has this big plastic dick she hits another girl with. Yeah, that that's in the beginning. It happens a lot less later on. Ah. Uh, yeah. So, Wacky Hijinks, Josh Lesnick is... I've always enjoyed his stuff for... He has good comedic timing. I think he has a good ear for character distinction and character voices, and his art style has changed a lot over the years, but it's still consistently enjoyable. I have a little bit of trouble getting into it, but I must agree that he has very good comedic timing. Okay, so that's enough of that. Uh, I am going to advertise, actually this is a comic by a couple friends of mine called Ever Tomorrow, and they were with me at SCAD, Savannah College of Art and Design. They also got bachelors in comics, so you know it's gotta be pretty decent, and so far, not a whole lot has happened in it. They just wrapped up chapter one. But it, it's a pretty cute steampunk kind of thing. And, like, I guess all of the kids these days are into steampunk. Steam! That's just the hot thing. Punk! Could so, you, yeah. Could you link me that tomorrow? Oh, sure thing. And I'm sure that we'll actually link everything in the, oh, in the yeah. awesome notes, so. Most Probably. Uh, let's see, what else do we have on this list? We have Wonderella, which updates on Saturdays. So I get to read that every Saturday. And that's just funny superhero Sunday comics. Uh, it's kind of like Buffy, only not serious ever, so maybe not like Buffy at all. With that kind of humor? Yeah. Kind of, it's what you get if you get a young woman who is typically irresponsible and she has superpowers. Oh, that's great. Uh, And Basil has a couple on here, neither of which I read. Starslip Crisis, which, uh, as far as I know, is pretty good. I mean, I've heard good things about it, I just haven't bothered to read it. It's pretty much, um, it's another Christopher Straub thing. He also does Chainsaw Suit, as Sue's mentioned earlier. It's pretty much a Star Trek parody nowadays. Before, it was a little bit weirder than that. It was about a guy who was a curator for this flying art museum as a spaceship, Mm -hmm. which also happened to be a decommissioned, like, super 
battle cruiser that in while it was doing its artistic things, it got recommissioned as a military cruiser. And so it was both doing military things and art things mm-hmm. at the same time. And eventually, unfortunately, the, the guy, poor guy, got caught up in his plot so much that he realized that he was everything was about to collapse in on itself. Mm-hmm. So he wrote it up so that everything collapsed in on itself and plopped him into a new dimension. And now they're just doing much more of a straight-off actual Star Trek-type parody. Mm. They're boldly going where no one's gone before, meeting new alien races and trying to, you know, establish new communication between them and their and the and the humans type things. But it's <coughs> Don't it's, die. It's a lot of fun. It's you know, the guy's really, really funny. He's got really neat, interesting takes on different alien races that I've never actually seen before. So it's Is it still updating? Still giving? Yeah, like I think it's uh I think it's um it's either Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or Monday through Friday strip. Awesome. Like, I nowadays, with my webcomic habits, I actually tend to, like, click on my, my bookmarks on Friday, then try to catch up on things. Mm. I don't quite do the daily um, reading up of webcomics that I used to back back in my prime. Mm. Yeah, see, I just have it all set up on feed, so... Yeah, I should get that. That'd be very nice. Very nice. Oh, I, I remember one that I should talk about. I actually just got their print collection yesterday. And that's Skin Horse. Uh, God, I can't remember the name. Shannon Garrity, that's it. And it's a pretty nice, uh, I think it's a sort of gag-a-day kind of thing. And it's about a group of people who are sort of men in black for weird stuff. And one of the main characters is a uh, cross-dressing psychologist for the supernatural. One of them is a patchwork person super soldier, and one of them is a talking dog. Talking dog. Man, this are is in no fun. way at all like relevant to your interests. Not at all. Nope. Any of them. Nope. None of them. Like, I, I don't like that sort of stuff at all, as you can tell. Nope, nope, not at all. Okay, and then there's this other thing, Red String, which I, I read a little of it, but I wasn't really fond of it. It's actually probably my favorite webcomics ever, but go figure. Mm-hmm. It, it's pretty much a person's, you know, Gina Biggs, her take on on Shoujo. But pretty much, you know, breaking it down to, um, it is a series of love stories between all sorts of different people and different sets and how love can grow, can change, can move on from one person possibly to another. It's very much the high, a high school, you know, romantic drama. It has Yuri in it. It does. See, like, I get that sort of stuff from Girly because it's the same sort of thing, only it also has heroic hijinks and elephants. What? Which I, I noticed neither of those in Red String. Well, you know, you can have a great story that has nothing in it but romance. This is true. Like, you know, and I think I think it would really do... It's one of those cases where I think it's better that because... It doesn't have the wacky hijinks. It is a very, very down-to-earth, much more of a slice-of-life type, you know, um, webcomic. And even though it's set in Japan, unlike many other people, she actually does, like, her actual research. Mm-hmm. And make sure that things are, in fact, authentic and proper. You know, even going to so far making sure, like, getting, like, photo books and... Or, like, researching actual, like, you know, 
areas of Japan so she actually knows what things are supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really good. We actually got to interview her last year, Adibwe. Yes, I remember that. I'm, I'm hoping to uh, do so again. I need to email her about it. Um, she also does a little thing that's a little bit you know greater than herself in that she runs um, Strawberry Comics. Comics for women well, or yes, by women? By women for everyone. Ah. And it, and she is she's really really big on making sure that you know the ladies as it were have a venue where she can help them get published mm. and stuff like that is you know it's, it's really really nice to see that you know someone's really going out of the way to make sure that you know doing something just not only for you know their own comic but for others comics yeah is is really cool Ah, that that reminds me tangentially of another one that I think more people should look into called Templar Arizona by Spike who has been doing this for a while and she's got a pretty high quality professional-ish comic now I think she's actually making money off of it so it is professional and yeah Templar Arizona is sort of an alternate history future-ish setting that she's been working on for almost all her life. It's another slice of life with interesting cultural notes, uh, wonderful characters, and beautiful art. Man, I've seen ads for that, but I never checked it out. You seem to have caught up on all these things. Uh, Well, I'm not really caught up on it because uh, I, I actually... I think her feed stopped working for me, and I didn't update it. Ah, so I'm really not sure what's going on right now, but I know that while I was reading, it was awesome. And as far as I can tell from what I've heard from the buzz, it still is, and I just have to catch up. And, yeah, I think that's about it for me. And I, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm pretty sure that Eric would kill me if, since he wasn't able to make it if we didn't mention fans. Yes, fans by T. Campbell, is it? Yeah. Which is, you know, it's been going on for years now. It was actually, um, actually fell off the radar for him, and eventually he brought it back. It uh, was usually of art by uh, Jason Waltrip, mm-hmm. and it is a you know it is a crazy super hype you know sci-fi fantasy adventure where a college is pretty much sci-fi club, you know saves the world repeatedly, mm-hmm. and it's it he's the and this is one of the things that you know the guys do kind of crazy things with the medium. I mean, this is the you know, the first book I ever heard that they ever did their own musical. That's pretty with awesome. Actual music. Um, they'll do like crazy like panel layouts and whatnot, and it's really good. He also does another strip called Penny and Aggie. Which oh, is, he yeah, does Penny and Aggie. Oh, yeah, like which is another you know it's a much more hijinkful, mm-hmm. funny, you know, um, high school romantic dramedy. Although recently, um, the art was done by Gillespie. Lagance, and then she, for whatever reason, left. Um, Jace Walter picked it, picked up the art duties, and now she's doing this thing called Menage a Trois, which is not so good. It's Archie Muyo. Yeah, well, it, or a little bit, or three's crappy. I mean, company. Apparently, it's about a guy who's a wimpy virgin guy because all virgins are wimpy. That's mm, true. And. With one girl who is 
shorter and bisexual, and another girl who has big boobs could be bisexual and is ditzy. And is French. And, and is French. And that, that's pretty much the sum up of their characters. You yeah. can see her nipples all the time. T- Ow! It, it's true, and and now she's also doing series called Eerie Cuties, which is like Rosario plus Vampire, only not quite as good. And I really, really hate saying that. I really don't. Like, her art's great, but her writing is not nearly, nearly level of T's. And so... Well, generally, the reason that you have artists and writers teaming up is artists are generally not very good writers, and writers are generally not very good artists. It's... And very, very rarely will you have someone who can dual class to be completely nerdy. I'm trying, but the art side is hard for Lee. I want it to be good, but it's hard. Art is hard, y'all. Art is hard. Writing's hard, too, but art is hard. That's why I skimp out in podcast. You're yeah. going to write someday, though, damn it, Basil. Uh, it's It's true. You better put out a masterpiece someday or I'm going to be very disappointed And, you know, you. talking to a mic and actually being interesting is also hard in itself. Yep. Maybe one day we'll figure out how. No, just kidding. Or that is was, he? That was pretty mean. I'm sorry, AwesomeCast. See, I haven't been on the AwesomeCast in a while, so it's pretty mean of me to take digs at y'all. Or me, because it was kind of Us. me, too. Yeah. Anyway, we should probably shut up now, speaking of being interesting, because I, I got nothing, and I'm sure we're pretty long and boring at this point. So there you go, a giant list of webcomics that we read And a little enjoy. bit about them. There are some other you know ones out there that are pretty popular, but they get a lot of talking about, so if your favorite one wasn't on this list, go check ahead. your local library. Actually, right. why don't you give us a comment, put you know the URL, and uh, tell us what you like about it, so you can still share your, uh, you know, the ones that we missed out on, and we can figure out, you know, other people's taste as well. Because, because... you know, web comics is a gigantic, huge thing nowadays. We haven't even scraped the tip of the iceberg of the Titanic of the. I'm gonna stop now. So it's not a problem to like do like another webcomic episode later on. Yeah, we, we we probably missed a lot. So send us, you know, your favorites. And, uh, and we will totally ignore them. Well, one of us will. The rest of us may ignore them, but hopefully we'll one day get on to another podcast. You, we can dream and you can dream. and Awesomecast at gmail.com. Send it. And with that, we are out. Pooch, 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 pooch. W9.3, the herring. Hello? Oh, yes, I'm here. Hello?
Is W9.3 the herring? I can. Do you want free tickets to Awesome Bear 98? I can. What kind? Pizza gum. You win!